Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Right into our, our Bible study tonight. As, as you know, this is our third week of uh, our Bible study series. You heard last week from Brother Adam Nelson and Pastor Nehemiah Gators talking about how to start a home group or a small group Bible study. And this is going to be our third, third week with Pastor Bounds uh, continuing the series on how to start a small group Bible study. He's going to be doing a very special Bible study tonight, and uh, we're very excited about it. God bless you. Well, welcome to our, our Bible study uh, this evening. And uh, I'm so excited about, about this evening having Bible study with Brent and Crystal Barton. And uh, this is typical for us. Nearly every Wednesday, we meet around 6 p.m., have a Bible study for about a half hour. And uh, we're excited. And I, I want to personally thank you both for being willing to do this. We want a lot of people that are watching tonight to learn. Uh, to share the word outside of a church service or outside of a sanctuary. And uh, we're just going to be us tonight and do this the way we do it. And by the way, did you catch that Pastor Cody said we're snow glad? He's corny. Do you know that? He is. He's corny. And, uh, but we, uh, uh, we hope that you enjoy this evening. And uh, we, we always open our Bible studies in prayer uh, anytime before I eat, I, I ask God to, to uh, bless the food. I always do that in a Bible study as well. And so would you join us in prayer as we ask God to bless our Bible study this evening. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. God, it is, it is strength to us. And uh, we're so thankful for it. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And I pray that God, as we... Uh, study your word. We will grow together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just so you have a little background uh, about Brent and Crystal. Um, I've known Brent uh, for nearly uh, 17 years. 2004, he was in the youth group. And I think around 16, uh, how long was it that you were out of, out of the church and then you came back? Was it about 10 years? Yes, 10 years. 10 years and he came back and uh, was married to Crystal. She's from Texas and uh, they have three, three children, um, Mackenzie, Autumn and uh, Sawyer. And uh, Sawyer's the second child, Autumn's the, is the youngest. And, uh, and, and so Brent came and I saw you on a Sunday morning and Mary Williams remembered yes, you, didn't she? She sure did. I was talking about her in this today. But she went over and said, I'm praying for you. So glad you're here. Yep. We've missed you. And we miss her. That's for sure. Uh, but 10 years away from God. And then Crystal, when Brent came back, uh, Crystal had, had gone to church as, as, a, as a young person. But came in and saw the fullness of truth and uh, was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's so amazing. She's so involved here at the church now, plugged in Brent as well. And they even helped some at at Woodsfield, and we're excited. But we have had a Bible study. How long have we been doing this? A year. It is? 
it's been at least a year and maybe even approaching uh, closer to two years we've been doing these Bible studies. But it's amazing how you all have grown in the Lord. It really is. And there is strength in His Word, isn't there? And I remember one time uh, Crystal had went to see her family in Texas, but she tuned in on um, FaceTime. Do you remember that? You were cooking a meal for your family and you tuned in on FaceTime. And, and I think I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. But uh, uh, we're so glad. Let's, let's start today. Uh, we're going to talk about the dispensation uh, of the Holy Ghost in the church age. And many, many people over the year, you know, they wonder when they think of a church when you say, hey, I'm going to the church, you know, uh, oh, that's a church. They picture what? They picture a building, don't they? Right. But the Bible does not allude the church to a building. Nowhere does the Bible refer to the church as being a facility. Uh, even even uh, a synagogue, which was a Jewish gathering, the building actually became known as the synagogue. Because where we meet typically becomes the name of that. Uh, uh, you know, you meet at a church house, you know, they, they, the gathering, the church is actually the people, it's not the building. But we have named the building because of the gathering of the church. Mm -hmm. And when he's talking about a church, he's not talking about a building. Amazing is that there was not a church building until uh, the third century, uh, like 300 years into the church existence did they actually start uh, building churches. They met outside. They were in houses. From This is how the gospel spread. Mm -hmm. They went from house to house and they would say the kingdom of God is near you. And what kingdom? The kingdom of God. And they would tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ and guess what? People would feel the power of the gospel. Uh, Romans 1.16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. Unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so what would happen is people that would begin to hear the gospel would respond to it. Let's look at John chapter 17, Brent. And John chapter 17 and verse uh, 17. We're going to read just a few verses here, here together. And um, this is Jesus in his prayer. Jesus is praying, and, and, and let's look what it says, talking about the power of the Word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy Word is truth. Sanctify meaning to be made holy. He said, he said my prayer was, sanctify them through thy truth. He's, he's praying. Thy Word is truth. You can't be sanctified or made holy without the Word of God. Right. And so verse, verse 18 says... As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also sent them into the world. He's talking about he's going to descend the disciples into the world. And look what it says in verse 19. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone. But for them also which shall believe on me through their word. He said, I'm not just praying for my disciples, but everyone that's going to believe on me through the disciples' word. It was the biblical model to do what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus was saying, I'm praying not only for Aaron Bounds. I'm praying for those that are going to believe on him through the word of Aaron Bounds. And so 
That's what he was saying about his disciples. The goal of discipleship is that I teach you and then you go teach someone else. So, Lord, it would be my prayer. Lord, I'm not just praying for them, your disciples, as Brent and Crystal, but everyone that's going to believe on you through their word, Mm -hmm. such as your neighbors, such as Justin that came in and you brought him to a Bible study and he heard he heard the gospel of Jesus Christ for the very first time. It was powerful. How did he get to hear the gospel? Through you all. And that's what Jesus was saying. This was, uh, uh, you've heard me say it in some of our Bible studies. Who's next? The goal was for me not to just teach Brent and Crystal, to teach you all for the next 20 years. Uh, but in this, that you become established disciples, which means you will be discipling someone else. And so the church began to grow that way. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, uh, they gathered in an upper room uh, and there was about 120 that were there. In one of our previous Bible studies, we, we talked about that. Uh, 120 people had gathered together. Jesus, before he ascended, you know, before he ascended into heaven, there was 500 of them at Mount, the Mount of Olives. He said, go into Jerusalem until you've been due with power from one high. Out of 500, there were 120. And they waited and they tarried, waiting on the promise of the Father that he had said. Wait until you've been due with power from one high. And amazing is that while they were there and while they were praying, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And that's where we get Acts chapter 2. Let's turn there and look what it says. And, uh, uh, and those watching tonight, follow along in the scripture. Uh, maybe take some notes. Get a, uh, get, get a notepad and take some notes tonight. But uh, it's interesting because this is a significant day. We celebrate it every year called Pentecost Sunday. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was this day that you'll find in Acts chapter 2 that these 120 people were gathered in an upper room and they were praying. They had been there. They had been there for days seeking God. And uh, Pentecost means 50 or the 50th day. It was a holiday. It's also uh, called the Feast of Weeks. But Pentecost was a, a holiday celebrated every year. But this is a day that God chose to pour His Spirit out. On who? On 120 believers. Man, it's powerful to believe. Something happens when you believe it. And I still believe it. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in, this, in, in our Bible study right now. Because where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of them. And uh, look what it says in Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And then the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so here 120 people are gathered in an upper room, and the Spirit of God falls on them at this moment. And when it did, they begin to speak in, and it, and it names these languages afterwards. But they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues. And it, it appears to name the languages because, look at verse 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Verse 6. Now when this was... 
noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Yeah. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are the, are not all these which speak Galileans? Yeah. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? This is a fulfillment, and it names the languages after that, but uh, this is a fulfillment of Mark 16 and, and 15. When he said, go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every person. And he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they're going to cast out devils. They're going to speak with new tongues. They're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. He said the church, what he was saying is the believers, which we're going to call the church. Uh, and you'll see that. They are going to be powerful. They're going to have this transforming power. There's going to be something about them. When they pray, something happens. In Acts 4, when they prayed, the place was shaken literally where they prayed. Uh, go to Paul and Silas in jail. I always think of the jailhouse rock, you know, Elvis Presley's song, every time I think of that. But while they were praying at midnight, it began to quake where they were praying. And God loosed everybody. The church has transforming power. It really is. And, and there's a prayer that has already been prayed by Jesus. There is words that he has already spoken, just as powerful as when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. There is a prayer that has been prayed. There has words that have been spoken that already cover us. They, they blanket us. They envelop us. And when we believe, it sets down into our spirit. The church is not a building. The church is a gathering of believers. That's why he said it's powerful because where two or three will agree on any one thing, he said, I'll do it. And so when you're looking at the upper room, 120 started praying and they believed. I'm sure others started making the journey then got weary and set back or didn't wait long enough and maybe some doubted. But when the believers got together and prayed, heaven came to earth. The thing that makes church powerful is not our gathering. The thing that makes church powerful is that we gather in agreement, mm -hmm. is that we gather with expectation. We gather in faith. When we say, when we said today, got a news that Brother Brad McHenry, you know, his, his, his levels on his kidneys have worsened instantly. And instantly when we received the news, we went to prayer uh, in our office today. Our hearts go toward that. Why do we pray? Because we believe that God right now can heal Brad McHenry. Right. That there is no limitations on the hand of God or the power of God. Yes. We love Brad and Sister Megan. And, and they're talking about doing dialysis with him. And uh, I, 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 I want to pray for him right now. Would you all join me in Amen. prayer? God, I pray for Brother Brad. Lord, you know the condition of his kidney and how his body seems to be rejecting the kidney that was donated to him by Sister Wendy uh, after 10 years. But God, you're able to reverse this tonight. We as a body, we believe right now that God, you can heal him, Lord, and touch his kidney and let there be healing power, oh God, to move right where he is. Maybe he's in his living room right now watching online. But I pray that the Holy Ghost uh, and uh, would move where he is because you are not limited. You're not limited. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. When we pray together, and we feel that now. Amen. 
That's what the church is. See, tears in your eyes, the Holy Ghost in your heart, faith in your spirit and in your mind. And so the church is powerful because the church has the ability to touch God right. for uh, each other and for uh, unbelievers. Someone said the church is the only entity that exists for its non-members. The unbeliever is depending on us. They don't even know it yet. But they're depending on us to touch God for them right. and then to bring them the gospel. It was never intended for this church that I'm talking about here. And I'm going to go back and show you a verse. But it was never intended for the church to remain Pastor Brent and Crystal. Right. Th this thing should expand. Almost every Bible study I've ever taught has expanded. More get involved. More in. There's a family member. There's a there's a Justin that shows up. There's it, it always grows because the gospel was never intended. He told Timothy. He said, "It's not only going to save you, but it's going to save those that hear you." Mm -hmm. It was a mandate of Scripture that the gospel. Paul said in Romans one. He said, "I'm a debtor." The church was a moving, thriving. Something about being on this platform makes me start preaching. You know, I, and uh, but it's a moving. It's a it's a thriving. Growing, into, it was never intended for the church to die, and it's not. The church doesn't die; it's built up on a rock. Uh, so let's answer this question. So, so the church is moving, it's thriving, it's going, it's powerful. It touches. When did the church begin? That, that's the question uh, uh, that I asked someone that was challenged me on doctrine one time, and uh, I asked him. I said, "When did?" When did I asked this man. I said, "When did the church start?" Oh, oh, he said. He started with Jesus walking with his disciples. Mm -hmm. I said, well, let's answer that question a little bit. Let's find the biblical answer. And for all those watching tonight, I would say to you, when did the church begin? Uh, when's, when's the first church? When did it, when did it start? Um, so let's go to Matthew 16 and uh, look at 16. And let's look at verse 18. So he's with his disciples. He's walking with them. He's been with them for some time at this point, Crystal. And, and Brent, would you like to read that? Sure. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Uh, to, just because it's in the vein of what I was saying already, it, prevail means to stand against the church was never built to be stopped. Right. It was built to expand. Yes. And I, I'm, glad, I'm glad to tell you all, the anchor has grown in the pandemic. Because a pandemic can stop the church. Amen. <laughs> it's powerful. God's amazing. And you look at this, but the point I want to make about verse 8 is that he's with his disciples. He's walking with his disciples. And he speaks in future tense. Up on this rock, I will. So the church was not established yet. Uh, when was the church established? He said, up on this rock, I will build my church. So if you turn, if you, if you turn to John, uh, we're going to flip a few pages here. But in John chapter 7, the Gospel of John, chapter 7, uh, it, makes, it, makes a great, it makes a great point. In John chapter 7... Um, he said, he said in verse 38, 
And I can read this here for a moment. But he said, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What is that? Well, it's going to explain it. It's going to explain it. You see in verse 39, it's in parentheses. Mm -hmm. It's explaining what the, uh, what the waters are. That's exactly right. But this spake he of what? The Spirit, or the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, all the same. Which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Because that Jesus was not yet glorified, speaking of his glorified body, which was resurrected body. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Ghost wasn't poured out until Jesus died, he was buried, and resurrected. If the church started before the resurrection, then we have a church that does not have the outpouring of the Spirit on it. Right. It's interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And so it's a church with no Spirit. You've got to have, and the, and the Bible says, if you have a church but you deny the power thereof, from such turn away. Mm -hmm. You've got to have the Spirit in the church. And God's church is going to have every ingredient it's supposed to have. Right. And so what else do we need? We need the Spirit. And we, we, need, uh, we need the Word. And we need the blood. Uh, Hebrews 9.22 tells us, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And Matthew 26 and 28 says, it says, let's look at it. Uh, let's look at Matthew 26, 28. Jesus declares, and we're going to really talk about this verse this weekend. Uh, but in verse 28, would you like to read that? For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. For the remission of sins. What is It's my blood. But if the church started before... Uh, Calvary don't have any remission, don't have any because there's no bloodshed. The church had to start after the cross, after the resurrection. And, uh, and so I think we've established in those two points that to have a church, you've got to have his blood and you've got to have his spirit. Right. But we've got to have his word. And so even after his resurrection, all the way up, right before he ascended, we're going, to go, we're going to go to Luke chapter 24, and let's, let's look what it says. This is on his last day on the earth uh, as, as, we, as we see him before he ascended. This is moments before he ascended into heaven, uh, which was 40 days after his resurrection. Um, look what it says in Luke 24 and 45. Go ahead. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Not until he was getting ready to ascend that did he open their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. He walked with them. He talked with them. There was miracles. He was set in a foundation, but the church walls hadn't been set until afterwards. The Bible talks about the, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. You can't have the direction of the church until he had conquered the world. And he didn't conquer the world until he took death, hell, and the grave. And it was post-resurrection. Post and when he ascended out of here, defying all laws of nature. Amen. And now he has, he has resurrected as our Lord and Savior. Amen. 
And what's powerful is now that he's the firstborn of every creature, the Bible says. But what you'll see is that he now has shown himself alive after that passion. He's ascended into heaven. The responsibility has been placed over. But he told them before he ascended, go to Jerusalem. Wait. I'm going to pour my spirit out there. It hasn't happened before. It's getting ready to happen. Go to Jerusalem. Go there. And on, as we read earlier... On the day of Pentecost, 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 it happened. What happened? The Holy Ghost fell. The power of God, it fell upon these people. When it did, they were praying in another language. I mean, it, these, these Galileans, they were speaking in other languages that they would have not have known or learned prior to an unknown tongue. 1 Corinthians 14 says, an unknown tongue. Uh, and, uh, and they began to pray in the Holy Ghost. It moved the audience that gathered because of the noise. There was people from every nation. out of This noise coming out of the upper room. What is this? Some, Brent, were marveled. Mm-hmm. Wow, what is this? Others were mocking. If you're going to be Pentecostal, you just got to get used to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people are going to be amazed by your walk with God. Others are going to mock your walk with God. Mm-hmm. It goes with the territory. Right. Others mocking. But what is this? How do they speak in this unknown tongue? And when it did, he got their attention. Let's go back to Acts 2. And we're talking about the church age. Man, I get excited when I talk about this. Um, do you have any questions at all at this point? So we have established, just for here for a minute... The church was not started before Calvary. Right. It had to be done after Calvary. So after Calvary, after the resurrection, we've got blood. We have understanding. He opened that. But what do we not have yet? We do not have the outpouring of spirit until. So he commanded them before he left, go to Jerusalem and wait. The Holy Ghost fell, which I just said. Um, when you get to Acts 2, Simon Peter... Let's look at Acts chapter 2. And um, let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Would you like to read that? Sure. Go ahead. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, that, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Yeah. He, he said, uh, he stood up with the 11. Simon Peter, back to the one in Matthew 16 and 18, up on this rock, Simon Peter, I'm going to build the church. He was talking to Simon Peter directly. I will build my church. Verse 19 of that same chapter, he told him, he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. It's no accident mm-hmm. that the first message preached after uh, the ascension is going to be Simon Peter. And he's standing there with the message. Eleven disciples are with him. People are saying, what is this? And from right here, he starts saying, this experience of this talking in tongues. What did he say? Look at verse 16. Go ahead. He starts quoting. Remember, he has an understanding of the scripture. Mm-hmm. He understands what Joel had been prophesied. All right, go ahead and read it. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, 
and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Yep. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. It's powerful because he said, this is that. That's what Joel prophesied. That's what you're seeing fulfilled today. This was a plan of God. What's he establishing today? A Holy Ghost filled church. An embodied. Jesus said in John 14, he said, I won't leave you comfortless, but I'll come to you. For the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to remember. He's talking about their future. That once I'm gone, the Spirit of God's going to come into you. He said, I'm going to be in you and you're going to be in me. How? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. And that power is going to res uh, resonate inside of you. It makes you different than you were. It gives you power in your faith. And so when he, when he answered that, this is what Joel, he started preaching Calvary. He started preaching about Jesus was rejected. You crucified him. In verse 37, uh, look at verse 36. Therefore, let all the houses of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. You crucified him, but he's alive. Right. Forevermore. <laughs> Look at verse 37, what's this? Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men, brethren, what shall we do? That's why we give an altar call. Because the, the gospel, listen, to be the church, you got to, to say you're the church, you got to act like the church. You believe what the first church believed. You got to, you, 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 do, the, you do the methods that they did. You baptize the way they baptize. You experience what they experience. You have convictions and covenants and holiness the way the first church does. We don't, the Bible says let God be true and, and that's right. And every man a liar. I don't care. I don't care if they say, well, God showed me this. If it doesn't line up in the word of God, he gave us the template. Right. He gave us his word. And people say, well, we shouldn't judge people. We should judge people according to his word. Correct. Uh, the Bible says don't, you know, lay hands, don't, don't lay hands on anybody suddenly. It also says to know them that labor among you. And for somebody to say that God said it better align his word. God didn't give us this just, uh, it's not an opinion. It's not an option. Correct. It's, it's, it's the measuring and I think we have to ask ourselves a question, you know, am I, am I the church? Am I doing what the Apostle Paul, Simon Peter, Matthew, Mary, the mother of Jesus, all the way down? Am I experiencing what they experienced? And um, when people heard that, and what I'm getting back to is when he preached the gospel, the gospel works. That's why we're never going to stop preaching gospel at the anchor. Because it's the gospel that works. We don't, we don't need ideologies. Right. We need the gospel. That's right. And uh, I, I remember you weeping. I remember you hearing the gospel. And God got a hold of your heart. And I remember in the altar, you said, I'm ready. And we baptized you because the gospel was doing the work. Amen. And they said, they felt it. What shall we do? What did he say? Verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. For the promise is unto you and you, to your children and to all that are afar off, 
Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So right there, he answered the question. They wanted to be saved because they heard the gospel. When they said, what shall we do? He said, repent. That word means to turn from your sin. Right. It means a change of mind. Give your heart to God. I'm sorry, yes, but change. Lord, I want to change. I don't want to be a sinner any longer. After that, after that, he said, and be baptized. Uh, you know, some people wait Christmas and Easter to get baptized. The scripture, Acts 16, they took them the very same hour and baptized them. Mm -hmm. Somebody repents at the anchor and they've got uh, uh, godly sorrow that had worked repentance in their life. We got running water right over there. We take them, get them ready, get them baptized the same night. We don't know. The Lord might come. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want them to respond as the word is working on them. And, uh, and so and he said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He taught, told them repentance and baptism. The Holy Ghost. It's three separate distinct experiences that are for you. Your job to repent will baptize you, but God fills you with his spirit. And so that was the day of Pentecost. And when they heard this, if you read on down, verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They that heard the word were baptized. Those that believed. It's going to be that way teaching Bible studies. You're going to teach Bible studies in the future. You're going to minister to people, Brent and Crystal and not everybody you minister to is going to get baptized, but those that believe. And it's not our job to make them believe. It's their job to respond with an open heart. It's our job to share the gospel with them in love. But when they hear it and they say, I don't want to be lost. I want what Jesus has for me. I want to make it. I want to make it. The answer to the question is when did the church start? And I think... I think, uh, man, I feel the Lord here right now. Um, it's starting on the day of Pentecost. Correct. Acts 11 says, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. And, uh, and, it, and the verse says, beginning at Pentecost. It, it was back at Jerusalem. It was back there. The church started there. And I do feel, I feel like maybe some people that are watching today are saying, I, I want to be right with God. I don't want to be lost. They don't have to be lost. Neither one of you. I mean, prior to coming to the Lord, uh, you guys were lost. You were, you were headed what, you know, the preacher preached this weekend about hell. But you heard the word, you believed the word, and you obeyed the word. Amen. And guess what? You're no longer in the world. Amen. Now you're believers. You're a part of something greater than anything on the, in the earth. Yes. It's the church. You are the church, Brent. And God wants to minister not only to you, but now he wants to minister through you. Crystal's the same way. He never intended just to save you. He intends to save people through you. Do you believe that? Uh, why was it not started before Pentecost, I should say, the church? There was uh, no resurrection yet. No resurrection. Yep. Uh, there was no... There was no blood. Um, but boy, do we have it now. Amen. We've got everything we need. Yes. We have the word. We've got, we have, uh, Bible says the Holy Ghost wasn't given until Jesus was glorified. So we've got his spirit. We've got understanding. 
And we've got his blood, which is remission of sins. We've got everything we need. He washed my sins away. Thank you, Lord. He gave me a revelation of his word. He filled me with his spirit. Yes. And if that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. It's the only thing going to get us out of here. Right. Is the presence of God. Do y'all have any questions about, uh, about when the church began? Do you have any questions? Um, when does it end? It's going to be the rapture. So for 2,000 years, this is the church age. Over 2,000 years now, you're looking at 2,000 years. You're looking at the church age, the grace dispensation, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. What is happening right now is not going to, nothing's going to, it's going to remain the same until the trumpet sounds. So th that means, it's not Noah's day. Noah, they had to build an ark and get out of here. <laughs> we don't have to build an ark. We don't have to kill a lamb. What do we do? We repent. We take them to the watery grave of baptism, whether it's in a creek, a crick. <laughs> yeah. Was it a crick where you come from? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it depends on what part of Ohio or even West Virginia. Is it a creek or a crick, you know? And, uh, hey, it doesn't matter how deep it is, it, deep it is as long as you get them all the way under. Correct. And uh, when it's snowing outside, it's good to have a heated baptism, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and we baptize. Right. Is it essential? Absolutely it's essential. Why? Even Jesus was baptized. He commanded them to be baptized. His disciples were baptized. We were commanded to be baptized. And is the Holy Ghost. It's for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's not for one particular group of the church. It is the church. Right. The church is to be empowered with his spirit. And so uh, we'll continue next week um, on this and talk about the church age. And, and I want to get into uh, uh, the fulfillment of the church continuing and what that looks like, what that'll be like. Um, if y'all have no more questions, we'll go to we'll pray and ask God to bless our time together. Is there anything that you need? I know Brent, you just your dad just passed away, um, what, a week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And he was, what was he, 70? 72. 74. 74 years old. And uh, uh, Crystal, I know your dad has had some health issues and, and uh, we want to pray for your family. Is there anything that I can pray with you all about uh, tonight? I can't think of anything. God's just been too good to me. Yeah. Yeah. He's been good. He's done a lot for you, hasn't he? He has. You glad you came back to God? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wish you'd have done it sooner, I imagine. Huh? Yes. yes. Isn't that, isn't that how, how everybody feels when mm -hmm. they do that? Um, uh, any specific prayer? Not that I can think of off the top of my head now. Thanks for praying with me a little bit ago for Brother Brad. Absolutely. I could feel that. Uh, I could feel, man, the Lord moving in this room. Yes. And uh, let's pray. God, I, I just pray for Brent's mom, Bonnie, uh, that you would touch her and move upon her life. God, and after the passing of her husband... I pray, God, that you would be with Brent and his family, God, the loss of his father. I just pray today that you would touch Crystal. Her dad is having some health issues and that you would use her in a great, mighty way to minister to her family and the friends and their neighbors. God, I pray that the church would do what the church does in them and through them, by them. Oh, God, to grow and expand, that the gospel could be preached, not just from a pulpit on Sunday or Wednesday. But God, from homes all across this region, God, there's people watching right now. 
that they've said, I, you know, I want to do it, but I, I don't know how. Hopefully tonight, God, they can feel that they could share the gospel. They could share the word in such a way because it's the gospel that's the power. It's in your word that's the power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May I say to everyone that is watching tonight that never forget, uh, presentation certainly helps, but it, it's not the quality of the presentation that causes the gospel to impact. It is the power of the gospel. You could stutter through your Bible study and have amazing results because the gospel has power. Just the story. It doesn't matter what building it's in. When the gospel is shared, the, the life, the death, man, I can't even say it without being moved. The, the life, the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ is our hope in our darkest hour. He came out of darkness. In our lowest moments, he came, out of, he came out, of, out, out of the lowness of this earth. God is, is amazing in our lives. Amen. Jesus is our hope. I'm telling you, there's a community waiting on you to get a hold of this book in its simplicity. You don't have to speak Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic to make a difference. Uh, just use your broken English and uh, use the gospel. And I'm going to tell you, maybe use uh, some of your social media to reach out. Brother Jeremy Smith said, what would happen if we just invited everybody on our social media pages to church? That would reach tens of thousands of people. He had a great idea. And I would say to you, what if you reached out to some people and said, I'd love to do a Bible study with you. And you could repeat what I talked about tonight. Talk about him because there's power in him. God bless you. We look forward to doing this again with you. Make, leave some comments uh, and if you would be encouraged by this, you want to see this again, hey, reach out to us. We, we, uh, we want to do everything we can to empower you and to make Bible study small group attainable. Amen. Listen, enjoy the snow, build a snowman. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.